Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest from ProWrestling.net, Jason Howell. And now, here's your host, Rock Pass Bunny. You guys still out there? All right, good. It's Rob, Squared Circle Pit. I took a bit of a, a break. It's been a few weeks since I, I've done an episode. It's been a few crazy weeks here. Uh, in the metal injection world, kind of preventing me from working on this, but I'm, I'm going to be back at it. There will be another new episode in two weeks, and I, I'm going to commit to doing the once every two week schedule. Once again, I'm recording this on Thanksgiving Eve. Now, for a long time, wrestling fans, Thanksgiving Eve was a, was a very big day. Thanksgiving was a big day. It was the Survivor Series, and at a time, it was Starcade and. It's a very wrestling-friendly time, and Star, uh, Survivor Series, not Starcade, was this past weekend. And I have a few mixed feelings on it, uh, you know, uh, about the Goldberg-Brock Lester match. I, w- I was certainly shocked. I'm not sure if I liked the ending. Uh, it was confusing to me at the time. I was hanging out with Darren from the livecast, and we were both stunned. I'm going to talk about it a little more with my special guest, Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Jason is one of the leading journalists in pro wrestling. He's one of the guys that actually gets scoops, actual backstage reports that are factual. That are, he actually knows people. And he does a great job with his site, ProWrestling.net. It's uh, one of my go-to sources for pro wrestling news. I highly recommend it. So we're going to be talking to him about Survivor Series a little bit, about... Journalism about, you know, if you're a journalism fan, I think this will be interesting to discuss uh, wrestling journalism. And you can compare it to what metal journalism is like, if that's even a thing that concerns you. And uh, and we'll be talking some wrestling. So other than the Goldberg-Lesser match, which we definitely get into in this interview, uh, I thought the main event was, was good. It was a little long, though. I kind of felt at a certain point that I was ready for it to end. I wish it was maybe 10 minutes shorter. I thought the tag team Survivor Series match was the best match on the show, especially the final few minutes with Cesaro and Sheamus and the Usos. The Usos have completely reinvented themselves. Uh, I'm really glad American Alpha got a big pop and they got like a nice moment during the match to shine. And uh, we'll see what goes on with them. They're facing the Wyatts next week on SmackDown. Guessing the Wyatts are going to win that one and win the tag team titles, which should be, I think it'll be cool to see the Wyatts dominate the tag team division uh, and it looks like Orton's sticking around with the Wyatts. I, I for sure thought he was going to turn on them like Daniel Bryan did, but they're sticking with it for now, and it's uh, it's starting to grow on me. I'm, I'm into it. I think the two, the two of them, Orton and Bray Wyatt, have good chemistry, and Luke Harper is completely underrated, so I'm glad uh, he's having something to do. And the women's match I thought was pretty good. I loved Nia Jax's dominance, but I... Thought it was so lame how she tapped out to the disarmor. I really felt they should have done a, a cooler finish for her the way they did for Braun Strowman later in the night. And I'm happy Bailey won it. I thought the angle after was cool. I was very shocked that Sasha Banks got no time at all to do her thing. But whatever. I thought the IC title match was okay, but the Cruiserweight title, both the Intercontinental and Cruiserweight title matches had screwy finishes, and I hated like the Intercontinental title match was alright, fine, I'll, I'll accept that. 
but the Cruiserweight title match was infuriating, and it, and it almost didn't make any sense if Braun Strowman, uh, I'm sorry, if Baron Corbin truly wanted to cost Kalisto the Cruiserweight title, why did he wait 20 minutes into the match? Why didn't he just interrupt right away? You know, what if Kalisto had won before Corbin uh, planned to interrupt in the match? Didn't really make sense. But uh, those are just my quick SummerSlam thoughts. I'm going to talk about my match of the week right after this interview with Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Now entering the squared circle pit is one of the most prominent pro wrestling journalists out there. One of the few people you can actually trust. And a guy who I've been reading, I realize now for uh, a little over 15 years, I'm talking about Jason Powell, the editor-in-chief of ProWrestling.net. Hey, thank you for having me. And that's a very, 15 years, you're making me feel really old, but uh, it's very nice to be here. I just wish you'd clean the squared circle pit once in a while. I mean, it is a pit. I guess I shouldn't have high expectations, but it's a little nasty in this pit. I feel like anytime I clean it, it's just going to get messy again. So what's the point? That's what pits do, I guess. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I haven't, I I was just thinking about this before, as I was kind of doing prep for this interview that, uh, you started with the Pro Wrestling Torch, one of the most respected pro wrestling websites, and I've been re- reading your hits and misses since there was both Raw and Nitro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, there's a lot of uh, different people. Have, I don't. When, when I left the Torch, they kind of. Um, I do the hit list, and Wade asked if, if I mind if they would kind of keep it going. Yeah, just change the name to you know hits and misses or something like that. And that's what they did. I know there's others that kind of do it, but yeah, I was the first guy, as far as I know, to be doing that. And that was back when the torch launched online, I want to say 97, 98, somewhere in there. It was probably 98, 99, actually, because I think I started at the torch in 98. So yeah, it's been a long, long time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, it makes me feel old as well, if that, if that helps you. Any. <laughs> but, I, I do feel better now, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is the squared circle pit. And, and Jason, you know, you and I have corresponded on email before. You've shared some of the uh, metal videos I've done, and I've come to learn that you enjoy some hard rock and, and heavy metal as well. So get those, get those name drops in. Well, what are some bands that you enjoy listening to? Uh, first and foremost, I'm a Guns N' Roses guy, but uh, a lot of different Alice in Chains, big on them. Um, I, I mean, I'm encouraged by New Metallica. I gotta admit, yeah, I, I, I really like kinda, that. Yeah, I've, I've kind of moved on, but I've heard a couple of tunes now, and and uh, from uh, from the new new album or double album, whatever it is, and I'm liking it. I'm a Faith No More guy. I, I like the uh, the Cult. Um, I, I mean, just a, a long list, and then you know, kind of a lot of the hair metal bands that. Maybe today I wouldn't be so proud to admit, but uh, that, that I enjoyed back in the day. But Skid Row, Motley Crue. I've got a buddy who flew out to uh, L.A. to see the last Motley Crue show, and I was invited to go with, and I, I skipped it, but uh, I saw them several times. So, yeah, I mean, just a long list of uh, hard rock bands that I definitely enjoy. Yeah, that's great. I, I highly recommend the new Metallica, actually. I listened to the whole album, and I find myself not being able to stop listening to it because there's so many, like, really good songs on it which is very impressive that's great is it a double album yeah but only because it's like slightly over the 80 minute it's like an hour and 15 the whole album so it's yeah but it it goes by pretty i have to say it's pretty quick i feel like my complaint from the last few albums they did before this is they would just overstay their welcome for certain songs like songs could have been like half as long but i i don't think it has this problem on the new album 
Now, Guns N' Roses would never do that. <laughs> uh, but let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, wrestling journalism, which is, is a term that some people might roll their eyes at, but I do believe it exists, and there are uh, quite a few reputable sources, and like I mentioned, you are, are one of the few. And I, I, you know, as someone who has been a, a wrestling fan and always enamored with the, the behind-the-scenes stories, which at times I feel were more interesting than what's happening on camera, how did you first get involved with writing about wrestling? I was uh, hired at the Torch as kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy. I was, uh, grew up friends with Wade Keller through wrestling, and um, he brought me on board to kind of just help with mailing or just, you know, whatever odds and ends they need because it, it was and still is a newsletter, but newsletter, when I jumped on board, was the primary uh, was the primary business, and it just it quickly evolved, and uh, it was within no time I kind of became the assistant editor, and uh, just kind of you know everything grew from there, and, and so just uh, took a chance on working for a friend. You never know how that's going to go, but I, I I knew Wade would uh, have my best interest in mind, and and just uh, really dove in and uh, loved every second of it. Learned a ton. Um, you can't really ask for a better mentor in that regard than Wade Keller, somebody with just true journalistic ethics. You know, I, I learned so much about that. I think I, I feel like I got a college, uh, I, I got a college course while working at the Torch, and so it was, it was uh, super beneficial. That's cool. And I've always wondered uh, about sources. Now, obviously, I'm not going to ask you to reveal your sources, but Vince McMahon <laughs> he calls you directly. You have a direct line to Stanford. Uh, but I'm always curious, like. From a wrestler perspective, like why would they reach out to you when publicly, at least, you know, the quote unquote dirt seats are always viewed as the enemy or, or, or whatever? Is it more to get their side of the story out? Yeah, you know, it's different for different people. And I think it's the same way in any line of journalism. You know, it, yeah. why? Why does somebody reach out with a story to the New York Times or and I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and compare myself to them, but I'm just, you know, it's. There's different reasons for different stories even. Um, some people, and you obviously have to be careful of this, want to kind of get their slant on things. Right. I, I, I do think it's changed though. We're not the enemy. There was a time when I think the newsletters were viewed by many, not all, but many within the industry as being the enemy. And as time has gone on, there's a little bit more of a friendlier working relationship with some of the major companies. And WWE, is actually the easiest to deal with these days. And you know, there's there's people within certain companies that are easy to deal with, but WWE, uh, it, you can reach out to them for comment now. And their way of right. saying no comment is often not responding, but oftentimes if it's something they want to get out, they will be quick to get back to us. And uh, and and there there've been spurts over the years. I remember when I was at the Torch, we used to get attendance figures and merchandise figures from at WWF at the time. And then, you know, you just never knew how long it was going to last. And I was very surprised when WWE kind of struck up this most recent, I don't know if you call it real, just, just, um, oh, what's the right wording for it? Because I don't want to make people think like there's some sort of a, um, any type of an agreement by it. It's nothing like that. It's just. They're just it, friendlier to, to the dialogue. new sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's been more dialogue. And even when they started, I'm like, yeah, it probably isn't going to last. You just never quite know. Not that the people in their PR department 
are, are bad people. They're not the ones making their call. Right. You know? And and so I just didn't know how long it was going to last. But so far, so good. You know, I, I think they've kind of come around to, I, at least I like to think they've come around to seeing that we're not the enemy. You know, yeah. we, we cover the industry the same way uh, you know, a newspaper might cover politics or the sports section. You know, however you want to view it, that's what we do for this industry. Yeah, I remember like maybe 10 years ago or, or, or 12 years ago, something like that, like shortly after the demise of WCW, WWE made a hard stance of not providing any comments to wrestling sites and providing no info to wrestling sites. And then I feel like once they started getting serious about like social media integration, such as Twitter and Facebook, that's when they kind of reached back out to you guys. And, and now, like you said, you have this open dialogue and I think it's for the best for everybody. I do too, you know, and there. I mean, there. There definitely seems to be some co-opting of of the mainstream media taking place. There's some sites that, uh, some some big sites that just seem like they're bending over backwards to work with WWE. ESPN is the one that really comes to mind. And there's there, there's times where you're just like, you don't have their programming. Why? Why? But um, you know, I, I think the key is just to. Just call it as you see it at all times. Yeah. You know, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, if you're working in journalism, I think you have that obligation just to, no matter who you're friends with, no matter who you dislike, whatever the case may be, call it as you see it and, and don't let anything kind of skew your viewpoint. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And just to address what you're saying, I think the reason ESPN covers wrestling is because they, you know, everyone's super analytical now. They see that the wrestling coverage that they have started doing gets a lot of traffic. Because oh, of course. I feel for the longest time, uh, wrestling was kind of a, a shamed form of entertainment in that people were never open about themselves being wrestling fans. But in these last few years, you know, it's kind of it's kind of seeped back into the, the mainstream where it's it's more like a nerd culture type thing now, as opposed to just like a, a something for that, you know, was kind of looked down upon shortly after the Attitude Era. I think you're right. You're certainly right about ESPN. I mean, it's it's numbers to them. You yeah, know, it's, it's business to them. I just wish they would cover it in the same manner that they cover the NFL, for instance, um, you know, I'm a big sports fan, and so I, I, I do read their NFL coverage, and it's different. You know, they yeah. wouldn't get away with some of the things that, you know, the, the way Jonathan Coachman kind of puts his spin on things for WWE, seemingly. You know, it just comes off like you're, some of the things he puts out there, it's like you're reading a WWE press release almost. The right. way it's, his it's viewpoint flawed. on things. That wouldn't fly. You know, and I, I mean, I know they have their their talk shows they're all take this side you take that side debate and those are awful but when it comes to hard news it just seems to be a little bit different and, right. and i didn't even mean to turn this into some anti-espn thing no 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 good people over there doing good work but right it, it does kind of stand out just kind of make you scratch your head a little bit uh well as for yourself running a new site uh and just the day-to-day -day, i feel like we have something in common in that i also you know i'm a entrepreneur in the, in the metal world and i know uh you know it, it takes a lot to commit to a a daily schedule i'm assuming you work from home as well i do yeah yeah and and one thing that that i imagine might be bothersome is you know you spend a lot of time calling people getting like an exclusive scoop or, or getting a news story and then within 10 minutes every other side on the sun has ripped off your story 
some will credit <laughs> and some just don't give a crap and, and are just like they're the the modern dirt as i call them where they take a piece of news and and completely mis re-report it and I, I was curious as to your take on that like are you kind of kind of just dismiss it as you know part of the game so to speak or, or what do you think it's very frustrating you know the other thing that'll happen too is if some if another reputable site will report something maybe they ended up confirming it on their own and they don't you know acknowledge who had it first then some of the more news with the z sites as we like to call them will pick up that story as if they were first to have it and that and that will frustrate you know it's like come on you know and the the best you can do is if it's if it's a news of the z site that has some traffic is to reach out to them and point it out to them yeah i mean it, it's frustrating I, as long as they're offering fair credit i don't mind at all you know it's right that is the nature i mean you can if you follow enough uh like i, I i'm sure in your world it's the same way and for me you know for me if i'm covering a bunch of nfl beat writers for instance one will put a story out there on, on twitter and then within a matter of minutes like five other guys will have the same story and, and oh. more often than not they're they're, they're good about crediting but it's, it is just kind of that's the way things are now you know it's changed so much in that regard from back when there were a couple of newsletters and uh, you know eventually you know once uh, when, when the internet launched then obviously you had some sites out there and but a lot of them were just getting so much of their news from those newsletters and it kind of started back then where they weren't doing proper crediting oh absolutely and I, and on the other to the other side of it i have to say like i did used to visit those news with the z sites and that they actually led me to the reputable sites because some of them did actually credit and after a while i realized well why am i why am i visiting these you know malware virus havens when i can just go directly to the source so that's something i try to tell all wrestling fans uh, i recommend you know your site uh, wade keller's wrestling observer pw insider stuff like that yeah uh, uh, just because it's like, why why get someone's retelling of the story? Just go to the direct source of it, you know? I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to, it's not, I'm sure some of those sites have good opinion pieces and things like that. Mm -hmm. And like I say, you know, hey, if they're offering fair credit, I, I do that for a number of stories. You know, I, I, I when it, if, if a story deserves fair credit, it gets fair credit. That's always been my policy since I launched ProWrestling.net. And so, I mean, if... I just I've never understood what is so difficult for people when it comes to doing that, why they feel the need to just act as if it was their story. And, and because and I think it, it probably lies in what you just told me. You go to their site, you find the original sources listed, then they go to the original source and they stop going to that site. Right. But it's, it's just, you know, it's very greedy. It's yeah. um, you know, it's plagiarism. Yeah, absolutely. And, and back to what we were originally talking about, I'm sure these people never took a journalism class or it's just, uh, you know, it's not that difficult to launch a site anymore. So, and I feel a lot of it too, is these are young people who don't like this. It's not necessarily a business there. It's kind of just for fun and they just want traffic and the ethics kind of get lost in it. Yeah. You know, some just don't know any better. I've, I've dealt with some smaller sites where you just, you know, you let them know, Hey, this is kind of, this isn't really the way you should do things. And if you're nice enough about it, they, they appreciate it and, and, and they learn, you know, it, it's everyone, you know, everyone learns at different times, obviously. Well, let, let's kind of move in front of the scenes a little bit uh, as opposed to going behind the scenes this week. We're taping this on a Tuesday uh, survivor series and raw just happened. 
And I want to talk about the main event of Survivor Series, uh, if you can call a one minute and 26 second match or main event. But sure, it, it was the last match. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. When I saw this, when I saw the jackhammer after the two spears, I was like, okay, I guess Brock is going to kick out. And then he didn't kick out. And it was the most shocking moment, I, I guess we could say, since the Undertaker streak broke. Yeah. And in that exact moment, uh, well, how, what was your opinion on, on the, how did you feel immediately after, before you knew that Goldberg, you know, was signed to do some more matches? Um, I mean, I immediately assumed he was going to do more. I, it right. would have been ridiculous to have him go in there and, and work one match and beat Brock and not have Brock get that win back somehow. So, I, you know, I assumed that was coming. I also just kind of looked at it like, this is this is nice for WrestleMania. This doesn't set you up long term, and they keep putting off making today's stars count. And, mm -hmm. and there's, you just look at all the guys who have been called up from NXT that people were really high on at one time, and some of them are in decent positions, some of them are in worthless positions, and now you kind of you, we've kind of lost hope with a number of guys. For instance, on the Raw side, there are few people you can look at and go, he should have been the guy to beat Brock Lesnar. I, you know, people may have their choice, but it really is hard to come up with a strong argument for somebody on the raw, on the active raw roster as being that guy, and get you know many people on board with it. So you got to kind of look to NXT, and they could have created a star in a Samoa Joe had Absolutely. he done that. Shinsuke Nakamura, same thing. These are guys that are already in their late 30s who are just kind of you know, propping up the NXT brand. But if you would have given them that type of win over Brock Lesnar, you create a star who's going to be there beyond WrestleMania 33. And even if Goldberg sticks around a little longer than that, he's a part-time guy. These are full-time guys. Yeah, and he's and also 50. You know, he has, yeah, he'll he be 50 in December. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so, I mean, I get what they're going for. I think it certainly builds up the Royal Rumble now. It, it, it beefs up WrestleMania. What does it do beyond that? And I think Vince is very much into that's about as long term as he gets is looking to WrestleMania. I, I just hate seeing today's star, today's full time star, just be kind of positioned as those guys. Well, you know, the stars come home for WrestleMania because you're running out of those stars. I agree. And then always in like late April or uh, early May, you kind of get this feeling like, oh, all the stars are gone. This is just like the B squad, you know, like this is a kind of like uh, uh, the, sh the main shows kind of lose a little bit of the muster because all the big, you know, part timers are kind of gone and you kind of you kind of see how shallow the star depth is. Uh, but one thing I wanted to ask though, really quick uh, before we move on, though, is uh, with the Goldberg Brock Lester match. Uh, my initial reaction was like, this is terrible. This is like they spent two years building up Brock as this monster. They gave him the Undertaker. They let him beat the Undertaker streak. This is such a, a bad move. And like, you know, they, they bloodied up Orton for no reason. And and then I kind of looked online uh, at some other just regular fan reactions on Reddit and whatnot. And, and people were, were very excited and very you know, just like, wow, I can't believe like we got like a classic Goldberg match and all this stuff. And then sometimes I ask myself, am I <laughs> like, am I too into the behind the scenes? Am I too worried about like sometimes I feel wrestling fans don't like something because or, or me specifically because it doesn't make business sense. And and should we as fans be that 
critical? <laughs> uh, like, should we let WWE worry about the business end and we just focus on like what we're seeing and take it at face value? Yeah, fans can view it however they want. You know, in, in my position, I choose to look at kind of the the overall business, the long term approach, in addition to just the now. And this is right. a now move. And you know, it's no different than I'll just you know go with another sports analogy: uh, a, a baseball team playing for now rather than thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it's. Yeah, you get caught up in the moment. It's fun if your your team makes a big trade before the deadline, and you think you're you know you're, you're set for that year, and maybe you win it all. And it's a little bit different because well, if you win it all, you, you'll take five bad years, no big deal. If if you don't win it all, then you might look back on that move as not being so great. Um, with them, you know, it's yeah, this this beefs up WrestleMania 33. What do you do at WrestleMania 34? I mean, it sounds, you know, Taker's making it seem like he's around more. We don't know if this is setting up kind of a retirement tour or where things stand with him. You're going to get to a point where you're going to have to rely on these guys that, that are working full-time for you, and they're not being positioned as stars. You're not going to be able to, you know, the, the, the guys I can think of that you could bring back, realistically, that would have some sort of an impact are down to Kurt Angle, who they've been resistant to use. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I think Matt Hardy's reinvented himself enough with that broken character. It would mean a lot if he came in. Jeff Hardy, just as Jeff Hardy, even without Brother Nero, means something. And CM Punk. And who knows if CM Punk has interest, where that stands, you never say never. That's about it. And then, I mean, maybe somebody leaves between now and five years from now that's going to feel like a big deal if they come back. I don't know. But I just don't know why they don't. I mean, look at the top of your raw card right now. Kevin Owens, yeah, he's coming off a really good match with Seth Rollins. They finally breathed some life into that program. But he's been kind of a comedy sidekick. That championship hasn't meant nearly as much. And I really like Kevin Owens. They don't he, – he's entertaining. It's fun in the now. But is it really making you want to see him put that title on the line against somebody? And, right. and some might say yes. But, I mean, I guess just to kind of you know, tie it up, yeah, I just kind of, I, I choose to look at the long term because, to me, it's not about just the now. Yeah, I, I, but, again, fans can view it however they want. They're just going to trust in WWE that, hey, they loaded up this WrestleMania 33. This is great. And they're not thinking about WrestleMania 34. Well, that's kind of what, I guess, again, I, I feel like I, I, I'm obligated to do that to some right. extent. Yeah, like it's your job to analyze. I completely understand. And, and based on, like, what you're saying, I feel like, WWE really hasn't created any top guys. All of their top workers right now, uh, like you said, Kevin Owens, kind of like as great as a wrestler he is and as big of a fan as I am, they haven't really shown that they have faith in him as the leader of the brand, as the, as the universal champion. Uh, Seth Rollins, I feel they've completely kind of like made his return cold like the crowd was super into him at first but they brought him in as a heel and then once he turned the crowd was kind of over it and i feel even with like dean ambrose and aj styles they they still don't seem to be at the level of of these like now part-timers like john cena and brock lesnar and, and for me personally i feel like this all started when the rock came back they saw how much of a bump they got when he came back to host the wrestlemania and how it's like basically bigger than anything they've done on their own because they're just so they've essentially kind of given up on on like super long-term planning and just kind of work year to year like you say wrestlemania to wrestlemania that's that yeah and that has been vince's approach i just wish he would look 
more long term. And, and I don't, you know, who knows? He's he's said they're open for business when it comes to a sale. So maybe in his mind, yeah, making this year's WrestleMania is the most important thing in his world. Mm-hmm. And he's not thinking long term because he plans to sell that. Who knows? But I wish he were. I just I think it's. It's everything CM Punk talked about, and I didn't dis- I didn't agree with everything Punk said when he was complaining about guys like Rock and Taker coming in and getting those key WrestleMania spots. I think you certainly give them key WrestleMania spots, but where he was right is they were sacrificing today's stars. It'd be different if you if if Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, and Dean Ambrose meant almost as much, or ideally as much, if not more, than those returning stars, but they don't. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're down a notch or two. And that's where things need to change for the, you know, the, the good of the, of the company long term. And I, I just don't know if they have it in them if for, for whatever reason, they've been in this pattern for so long that I don't know if they're oblivious to it, if it's a conscious decision, but it's, it's damaging. You know, what would they be doing if they didn't get Goldberg this year? If he just would have said no. Yeah. And I think even worse now, I feel, is that they're putting these part-timers against these other part-timers. And and these, like Brock and Goldberg, they're not giving a rub to anybody else who's going there. If anything, it ended up kind of making Rusev look like even more of a fool for having to be the one to take, you know, the initial spear from Goldberg. I feel like at least if you bring these part-time guys and let them Mix it up with the full-timers. Why can't we have a Kevin Owens versus Undertaker program or Rusev versus Goldberg or, or any of these to kind of give these new guys more more name recognition as opposed to just use them to, as, as, you know, got, like, people to allow Goldberg to get a shit in? That's the key to this. You know, you, you built up so much equity in Brock Lesnar by having him end the streak, by having him. And I know he lost some early matches. That's fine. But he and he lost a triple threat. He's pretty and, and one fluky one to Undertaker. You know, that. Right. Was but he's never cheating. lost clean. He's never right. lost the clean pin. Not since he beat Taker. No. Yeah. I mean, he's been very dominant since then. And so you build him up in this big way. You, you, I, I think their plan was, I really believe, was to have Roman Reigns be the guy to take that from, you know, to get that big win. Right. In, in, in uh, San Francisco, right? Like uh, two years yeah, ago. It, it just didn't work, mm-hmm. you know. And to their credit, I mean, that I'll give them that in looking at their options this year for a big Brock Lesnar match. Now, I would have, you know, I, I'd love to see Joe or Nakamura. I don't think Vince sees them that way. I think in Vince's mind, the three options were essentially – Shane McMahon. Oof. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> Who Shane... wants to see that? Nobody. I, I can't like what I feel like Vince McMahon thinks Shane McMahon is a much better worker than he really is. I thought he had great matches like 10 years ago or whenever, you know, he was around. But I feel like his match with The Undertaker, save for, you know, that crazy spot was completely underwhelming and could have been like 10, 15 minutes shorter. And it kind of showed how both of these guys need a younger guy to kind of carry that, like to keep, you know, take the brunt of, of the work. It just seemed like they were both out of gas by the end of it. And they would do one move and like wait five minutes. Like who wants to see that? <laughs> yeah. I think they wanted to make it feel epic and, and yeah. it just, you know, it didn't. And it, and it saved Manny in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong because, you know, Shane's a returning star, but the last year's a perfect example of 
a crew that had been so abused that they didn't mean nearly as much and you had to get desperate and bring back Shane McMahon to face Undertaker because Mania looked so underwhelming. But this year, I think it was really, he looked at Shane, he looked at Roman Reigns, and Goldberg were his options, and Reigns just isn't the answer. I don't know why he can't give in and turn him heel, but for whatever reason, he's hell-bent on him as a babyface. Shane and Brock Lesnar would have been an embarrassment, and and I'm someone who looked forward to Shane and Taker. I really am. So I'm not an anti-Shane guy. Agreed. Same here. It, but at the same time, they don't have any restraint when it comes to Shane. And I really fear it would have been Shane in there throwing these punches that Brock Lesnar has to sell and looking ridiculous <laughs> and, and jumping from high places. And I'm not saying you can't have – but for me, you know, when it comes to Brock working with someone like Shane, I thought they should have done this with Shane and Taker last year. You want to make it credible? Have Brock or Taker charge at Shane outside the ring. They run their head into the ring post. They're knocked loopy. That's when Shane gets all of his offense in. Because anything else, it's just like, here's this, you know, forty-something father of two or three, whatever he is, and he's been off doing non-wrestling things all these years. But magically, he's a he's a great wrestler because his last name is McMahon. It's just really sappy. Yeah. So, but you know, again, looking at the three options, I do think. Using that Vince McMahon tunnel vision, I think he picked the right one because Reigns would not have made the most of that. That fans would have rejected it. Shane would have been laughable. And Goldberg, I mean, clearly people are reacting to him. People are excited by this. It's just, you know, it's a so it works in the short term. Again, I just question the move for the long term. Right. And and to be fair, they're they're doing everything right with Goldberg. He is essentially the only top baby face they have he's just pure baby face he's there he said like to to be a superhero to kids he's being actually cheered by the crowd he's not saying these cool heel lines to get over he's just being pure baby face and personally i think wwe just does not know how to book faces anymore like that reigns versus rusev feud rusev is the heel was acting in a way that a face would, you know, he was talking about his family and, and Rusev came in and attacked him. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Reigns came in and attacked him. Reigns was the heel in that feud, but he was positioned as the face. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's do they know how to book either? Because most of their heels are comedy figures. Even AJ, as good as he is, there's a little bit of a hayseed, you know, part of his character. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho are mostly comedy, and you know, and, and Jericho will tell you that he's still doing things like when the crowd wants to wants to get excited about the list, he he tells them they're not on it, they're not good enough to be on it, that sort of thing. That's fine. They're still comedic, you know. They're still a little too lighthearted, and it's working at some at some degree, yes. But it feels like mid card comedy, dare I say, in the in the, in the mm-hmm. main event slot. Yeah. It's it's not good for Kevin Owens as champion. But I do think some of that was it was helped last night. I, I think that uh, the, the the Rollins match was just good enough. It, it they finally had some intensity in their feud. It wasn't about Stephanie McMahon or Triple H. It was about these two guys going one on one. And you know, Rollins is a guy that yeah, they should have brought him back as a babyface. They Vince's you know, love fest for, with Roman Reigns continued, and he, he thought Reigns needed to be the babyface and Rollins needed to be the heel, and he was wrong. But I, I think Rollins is good enough, entertaining enough. It has a, it's, it's taking longer than it should have, but I do think he's on his way to becoming a top guy. Now they just need to pull back on scripting him as heavily as they do. Some of those lines he has, it's just like, yeah, you didn't. That didn't come to you naturally. He's. It's. It, I don't blame him. I kind of. I just. I blame the way he's written. But yeah. he's. He, he's. He's still good enough to overcome that. It's always funny when you hear like one of these 
tough guy wrestlers use like a big word. I don't have a specific example, but it's just like this character would never say like that kind of word. Like this is not how these people talk. You know, it, it's just weird. Uh, I know we have to wrap up uh, soon. I just really quickly wanted to ask, do you, you know, other than WWE, do you have time to watch any of the other promotions? Do you watch? Oh, God, TV? yeah. Okay. So do you follow TNA? Like I honestly, I've yes. stopped following TNA. I mean, I know it's kind of your job to do it. Uh, do you think it's worth getting back into for somebody who's kind of like I've lost? I do follow the Hardy stuff online, but is it worth watching week to week? Would you say? Um, I, you know, I would say yes, but there's a creative shakeup now. You know, they Dave Lagana is out, Billy Corgan is out, and Matt Conway, I believe, is still going to be there. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of different cooks in that kitchen now, and, right. and I've I've really enjoyed TNA this year. Uh, it's been it's it's certainly not a perfect product, but it, it's a more logical product. There's plenty of weeks where I felt Impact was a better show than Raw or SmackDown this year, and it's rare that I say that. I'm not a TNA apologist by any means, and but there's just been something about this year that has clicked, that they've they've really improved. They've tightened up their storylines, and I was hoping that okay, yeah, they they're going to need a new a new ownership regime for sure and that was always my fear is but are they going to come in and clean house with creative and they didn't clean house because Dave Lagan ended up choosing to leave the company but I, I wonder how much of that had to do with the fact that they were adding so many other people to this so it's kind of a question mark I mean you're going to get everything is done through the end of the year and obviously I would say basically you know, I, I, I can say watch this stuff they're doing now because it's fun but everything changes with that first show of the new year i think that's going to be the time to really check in see if you like what they're offering and and hopefully it'll be better i'm, I'm a little skeptical but yeah i mean i i definitely cover tna ring of honor nxt you know you, you name i don't it really i don't really watch the uh ring of honor week to week uh I, and i and i've read online that their weekly show it's it's like a take it or leave it it's not necessarily there's not much Storyline development. Would you agree with that? Like, or or are they worth watching week to week? I usually I, just watch the pay per views. Yeah, I, I think it's been better lately. It is not a, a well written week to week product. It, it's disappointing. It it can be frustrating to watch them because there are too many episodes where it feels like they'll just throw three matches out there that really don't have much storyline purpose mm-hmm. and. It, it shouldn't be like that. There's there's some laziness that I think happens, but lately it seems like it's been a little more tightened up. What they do on the show feels like it matters more, like it's building to something, and then you'll get that pay-per-view, and then you'll have to go like three weeks without a new show. It's best of material. It's stuff taped before the pay-per-view, whatever, and, and some of it is not just Ring of Honor's fault. They have to have their uh, their shows to uh, Sinclair broadcast and, and so, so they can be distributed by... I think it's on Fridays or it's just there's a there's a reason that's not all them, but it's still I wish they would do something to address that because you just start getting into the flow of the show. A pay-per-view happens and then it's just, uh, you know, filler material for two weeks. Like, well, what happened at the pay-per-view? And they kind of tell you, but they just move on so quickly. And then when those new tapings start up, it's like the pay-per-view just happened or something. I see. Yeah, uh, th- that sounds that sounds unideal in terms of uh, trying to be a committed fan uh quickly now like with new japan i find is the most consistently excellent uh, uh 
federation or, or a company out there right now, uh, they don't do weekly TV. They just have these kind of like house shows leading to a big event every month or every other month. And I feel with these big shows or even with these kind of like smaller shows where they do the eight man tags, there's always at least one excellent match sometimes most of the time two or three and they have some some really good talent do you do you follow new japan not as closely as i as i'd like to you know that that with so much happening in the u.s scene it's really difficult for me just to have some semblance of a life outside right, of right. wrestling there's also do you follow lucha underground you know what? John Moore covers that. I, that's the one I fall way behind on. Mm-hmm. Basically, and so I'll watch it kind of in blocks. And, and I'll do that with NXT where I'll just kind of fall behind by a couple of weeks and, you know, kind of have like a binge fest to catch up in time for the, the live specials and things. Unless I hear something really good is on there. But yeah, New, I mean, New Japan's great. I do, I do see a lot of their talent on the Ring of Honor shows, which is nice. But yeah, I wish there was that weekly television show. I think that'd be great. Yeah, uh, I feel like it, it'd be awesome if they kind of got their shit together with their their media stuff. I know they're trying trying things out, uh, but it's great. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for for taking some time. I know it's a, it's a very busy time right now, right before Thanksgiving, uh, for talking to me. And, and if you want to uh, let people know about about your site, here's an open forum to plug away. <laughs> well, I appreciate. It. Yeah, it's been fun. And and uh, as far as prowrestling.net goes. Uh, updated constantly, or maybe not too much on Thanksgiving. Everybody enjoy the holiday, as we will be. But uh, if you're <laughs> looking for news updates, uh, I'm, I'm updating the site almost constantly, especially throughout the work week. Uh, we have uh, also you know, not just news, but also opinion features, the hit list that you mentioned, and also a ton of audio content. We do free daily audio shows just to kind of give people an idea of what we do behind the member side of things. And uh, the, the, the free audio content, try to keep it, you know, it, once in a while, like today, this, this week I, I snuck in my raw audio review, which is a little bit longer, but oftentimes it's kind of 15, 25-minute type stuff just to kind of give people a sample of what we do. But um, on the member side, we have full-length audio reviews. Survivor Series went 80 minutes, nearly 40 minutes for the NXT TakeOver show. Um, my raw reviews on Monday nights often go you know, 45 minutes to an hour, just depending on what's going on in the show. And we also have those for SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, and TNA. So we are keeping you up to speed in audio form as well on the member side of things. If you're interested in membership, first off, just visit ProWrestling.net, get a feel for the site. And if you decide you want ad-free access and enjoy all the perks of membership, uh, all that audio content that I mentioned, uh, $7.50 will get you in the door. There's a sign-up area on the main page. That's for one month of membership, and you can bring the price down if you uh, commit to either the six-month or annual option. Uh, The annual option is going to uh, bring things down to an average of $5.50 a month. So you're saving a couple bucks a month. And I'll even tell you, check it out Monday. We've been known to do a Cyber Monday sale or two. And I'd be surprised if we didn't do something this year. So uh, if you're listening to this and it sounds like a good deal, eh, you might want to hold out until Monday and check back at <laughs> ProWrestling.net then. I, could, I can't say enough great things. I definitely visit the site at least once a day just to keep up with, with all the news. And I, uh, I one thing I have to say I appreciate, uh, unlike some other sites, which I will not mention, is while there are absolutely ads and, you know, I, I obviously can't hate you for, for trying to make some money on giving me this free content. It is not overly intrusive. There's no uh, a ridiculous pop-up ad. It's very tasteful. And as a visitor, I very much appreciate that. And I appreciate all the all the information that you have provided me with, with over the years on ProWrestling.net. 
Well, hey, it, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you saying that too. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you're talking about. I mean, it's not just wrestling. There's some sites out there where it's like, good lord, you know, you just you, you click on a Google link to something. It's like, I just wanted to read one quick blurb, and I yeah. got to go through all the. Yeah, and we, you know, we definitely have to pay the bills. But that is a nice thing about the uh, the membership is you can get the completely ad free option as well. Um, now, in, in for doing this, what time did you say Axel and Slash were going to be calling me? I know you've got the hookups. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get them on the line momentarily. <laughs> I, I was thinking maybe. I don't drum, but you know I, they, they don't seem to want to use Adler on a regular basis. I could learn and, and replace Frank. Well, also, they have two keyboard players now. You could always be a third or, you know. Oh, there you go. I, I'm big on the triangle. I don't know. How, I don't really yeah. think there's any triangle, but uh, all those layers <laughs> on Chinese democracy, there's got to be one in there somewhere. Yeah, there's someone playing triangle, and that could be you. I'm that guy. Well, I'll talk to Axel. We have, a, we have our weekly meeting, and uh, I'll definitely uh, drop your name in. And when you talk to Vince... You let him know I will gladly accept any position at .com over there. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time. ProWrestling.net is the website. Visit it daily. Get the factual wrestling news. And uh, thank you again for, for taking the time to do this. My pleasure. Anytime. I really enjoyed having that conversation with Jason and, of course, his website again, ProWrestling.net. My match of the show the match I highly recommend you go check out is Chris Hero versus Ishii from New Japan. The show happened at the Revolution Pro Wrestling event. I believe it was last weekend. It was the Global Wars event in uh, Great Britain. If you weren't able to see it, if you don't have access to the uh, Revolution Pro uh, on-demand service, again, you've got to see this match. I found an embed of it. You can go to the uh, desktop version of the site. Go to metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit. And uh, on this episode page, I posted an embed. So you can check it out. Highly recommend you do. Also, as always, I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear who you'd like on the show. What'd you think of the show? You can always tweet me at Rob Injection. You can also tweet at squared circle pit. No E in circle. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash squared circle pin. I will see you in two weeks, I promise.